Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. You know, usually around this time, that's when the chorus drops. However, due to legal reasons, we can't actually play Mace's Welcome Back song. Um, but we do have a very special guest with us. And you're also tuning into another episode of the Soul Savvy podcast. I go by the name of Tony Mui. And today we are joined by the best MMA journalist in the world, fresh off of his album debut, Heelmatic, founder of Heelwani Boxing. Some of you may know him as Kiwani, others may know him as Thug Nose, but there is no denying the recognition when I say, Hario Heelwani. Wow. I mean, that Ariel, was something. Welcome. Thank you for taking time. Tony, it's great. Uh, I still haven't gotten the payment for the appearance that you guys promised me, but we'll deal with that later. <laughs> yeah, Love we'll that song that. back in the day. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Yeah, and then the chorus drops. Oh, it's tremendous. Uh, always puts me in a good mood. I wanted to ask you, you said you go by the name Tony Moy. Does that mean uh, that is not your real name? No, no, no. That, that is my real name. <laughs> I, I just... For those who are not familiar with who the hell okay. I am, I the just new audience say, for for the for the legions of fans that I'm about to introduce to your podcast. Right, I'm literally leeching off of you to get some new fans. Yeah, fan no, base. I mean it's it's a great way to get some new fans. Uh, I've done it throughout my entire career. It's great to be here. If I'm being honest, I have a couple of beefs that I need to squash right before Let's we get it. into things. Here's the thing: so you do a great job, and I've seen your work, and I've met you. And, uh, you know, you, you like to do the fun interviews, you know, the connect for the shoes of this and that. And uh, for a long time, while I respected you, I also secretly hated you. And wow. I'll tell you why. Because uh, you appear to have a very good relationship with the UFC PR staff. And so anytime they would bring fighters to New York City, including my very good friend Daniel Cormier, they would shuttle them to your little operation, but shun my operation. Now, for you, this is just like, you know, you know, yeah, there's a, oh, Daniel Cormier's in town. Sure, we'll talk to DC. For me, this is my livelihood. This is my bread and butter. This is, this is the big basket that I put all my eggs in. For you, it's just another, like, you know, name on the list. And so, yeah, I was feeling a little jealous. I was, uh, I was hoping that the interviews would suck. And uh, I wanted to say, I wanted to get this off my chest for quite some time because I didn't understand why I was being shunned and why it was so important every time to bring all the fighters, including a man who I consider an actual good friend, Daniel Cormier, to your studio and not mine. Hey, Ariel, I just want to say, don't hate the player, hate the game. Don't respect. Listen, respect. Respect. I don't know how you do it. I don't know what you have on them. They clearly like you. They don't like me. Um, and that's fine. But I just felt like I needed to get that off my chest before we really get into things here. The series. No, absolutely. I'm glad you did that because I know you mentioned that we actually met uh, another time, which is why I bring up this. Oh, look at that. So wow. let me ask you this. Were you in, was that Vegas? Vegas. Yeah, it was Vegas. Yeah. Las Vegas. Yeah. So I guess I, I might as well just do the interview with this yeah. one. Right? I mean, that's a relic at this point. That's a collector's item. Yeah, 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 yeah. Respect. So let me ask you this. Were you, when we met, this was back in 2019, I was out there for the Usman Kobe Covington. Yeah. 
I bet I bet I bet you got the red carpet treatment. I bet they wined and dined you over there. Shout out to Tessa and uh, <laughs> and and New York Rick. They they really looked out for me. Sure, sure. Let me ask you this: Did you hate my guts when I met you in Vegas? Yes, of course, absolutely. It, but man. I was nice about it, right? Uh, all right. Well, was I not nice? You were very nice. Okay. But I didn't know internally you hated my guts. Listen, it wasn't the time nor was it the place to, you know, talk about these issues that I had with you. Uh, this feels like a more appropriate platform uh, for the airing of grievances. And I just want to let you know, it's not so much that I hated you. I was jealous, you know? Jealousy, envy. It's like Biggie once said, you know, more money, more problems. The more money you get, the more problems you get. Jealousy, envy comes with the territory. I mean, I'm assuming you're rolling around in the dough there in your New York penthouse. And so I am jealous and envious of your situation because for whatever reason, they seem to like you and not like me. And again, it's it's one thing if they're bringing like Cody Garbrandt to your studio, but this is my boy DC. I see you out there hobnobbing with him playing Connect Four. I'm going to feel a certain way, okay? Fair enough. Fair enough. Also, Max Holloway, you know, shout out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not even sniffing Max Holloway. Forget about Max Holloway. He's coming nowhere near my studio. That's fine. Well, I apologize if you you felt. Listen, you don't have to apologize. It's just, by the way, I would do the same. I would gladly accept anyone. If, uh, If Travis Scott wants to come to my studio and not your studio, I'll take Travis Scott. If uh, if the greatest of all time, Champagne Poppy, wants to come to my studio and not your studio, of course I would shun, tell him to shun you and to come to I mean, it's just a game. As you said, don't hate the player, hate the game. Uh, well, I'm glad you mentioned Champagne Poppy because, like he said, jealousy is love and hate at the same time. Respect, respect. Shout out, Drizzy. Greatest. By the way, okay, so I guess we're, we're clearly here to talk about sneakers, but I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't ask you about one of your many shows, the MMA Hour show, yeah. uh, which you stream twice a week for four hours well damn near four hours i mean kudos at this point you might as well be a twitch streamer um because <laughs> you clearly have the qualifications to do so i guess my first question is how much content do you consume a day it seems like you're around the clock all the time yeah how much content do i consume or create well, you create a lot of that's yeah. clear, but I mean, I'm the content factory over here for God's sakes. No, I, I would like to consume a little less. I don't watch TV, I don't watch uh movies, not because I don't want to. Obviously, I love movies, I love, I just, I really don't have a lot of time with three kids. And you know, you come home and it's homework and it's dinner and it's bath time and it's reading, and it's like it's you know, that's a job in its own right. God bless any stay-at-home parent, they have the toughest job there is. Um, And then by the time the day is over, uh, I usually find a few more other things to do. And then when there is some free time, my favorite TV show to watch are sports. Um, And especially like now, like I would choose to watch a Knicks game over any movie, any, like I hear everyone talking about succession and this and that, all these shows. I don't even know where to find them. I don't know who's on these shows. I don't know anything about like, saints of newark and all i'm like what is all this stuff yo knicks are playing the bulls tonight that's what i'm watching and i can't wait for it you know what i mean so like that that to me is my favorite tv and then you know on sunday if i have a moment like the bills that's what i want to watch so it's sports to me um i love you know twitter and instagram are, are a little addictive and i i probably am on there too much 
not because I'm like, you know, scrolling around looking for, you know, influencers and whatnot. It's just because I like to stay up to date with things. Like I have lists. Do you use lists on Twitter? Are you a list, list guy? On Twitter? No, I don't. Oh my God. It will change your experience because if you just follow, let's say you follow 2000 people on Twitter, right? Your feed is now like a weird party of all these different ideas and concepts and personalities all mixed. It's like this weird, you know, bouillabaisse of, of, of opinions and it doesn't really flow. So there's a function on Twitter called lists. It's right there. You'll see it uh, top right. I think it is on your profile. And so I have lists. I have like columns basically on my tweet deck or on my phone where I have like my MMA list. I have my Knicks list. I have my bills list. I have my news list. I have my sports media list. And so I want to catch up on the Knicks. I just go to the Knicks list and there's all the Knicks beat writers and Knicks content. If I want to catch up on MMA, it's only MMA. So now, you know, I love sports media, like the business of sports and all that stuff. So I go to that list and I read that. And it probably, I think it probably encourages me to stay on there longer because there's so many different lists that I have. But I think it makes for a much more enjoyable experience because it's not just one like Mishka Bibble of opinions. You see what I'm saying? I don't know how I got on that tangent, but I highly recommend it. So safe to say you consume a lot of content. I consume a lot of content. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yes, by the I way, do. by the way, happy birthday to Claire. Wow. I mean, are you kidding me? What a legend. How did you know that? Come oh, on, I, I watch it? the show, man. Yeah, I watch yeah. the show. I obviously, if you're you're gonna interview somebody, you gotta like Spend. watch their stuff and then make sure you're ready, right? So I did say it at the very beginning of the show, so you may have just watched the first five minutes and turned it off. I mean, it is four hours twice a week. Mm, okay, but uh, yo, yesterday we had a crazy show. We had a guy talking about being a neo Nazi and then killing people and stuff. Did you see? I that? was gonna no, bring no. that up. Okay. Sean Strickland. Come on, I'm man. Harry, I watched the whole four hours, man. Gosh. I'm still shaking up over the whole thing. Uh, yeah. So I would love to hear your thoughts on, on that one. Um, well, what, um, what's going through your mind when he was saying all that stuff? Well, the fighter is a guy named Sean Strickland. Right. Um, he's a very interesting character. I've never talked to him before prior to yesterday. And uh, I've seen his Instagram posts. He's a little bit different, unique. Uh, he's talked about like fantasizing about killing people, but sometimes you don't know if it's a work or a shoot to steal. Right, that was in the post fight. Press con I mean. Yeah, he also did like a, a a little bit of a longer Instagram video. But yes, in the post fight, like he's not afraid to share this stuff. But yesterday he came out and was talking about like how MMA fighters are prostitutes, right. and then he starts talking about his past and his dad abusing his mom physically and emotionally, and then him and his brother feeling a certain way about the dad and fantasies that he had about doing things to his dad, and insinuated about his own abuse, and then talked about like you know, walking to school wearing swastikas on his clothes and then said he was kicked out of school for a hate crime. I said, what was the hate crime? He said, I think I said the N-word or maybe I said something about Jews. And it was all just very nonchalant and then talking about fantasizing, killing people and thinking that he would like it. Um, and so I don't think any of it was offensive per se. I think it was extremely disturbing to hear someone talk about killing people like that, especially a fighter who can easily kill someone. Um, with their hands, to be honest. Um, he talked about not wanting to interact with people because he's afraid that he'll do this or that. And uh, I, don't, I don't know how the UFC handles a situation like that. Like in all my years of doing media, I've never had a person talk to me like that. And there's a part of me that's like, I appreciate the honesty. I appreciate the candor. In fact, when he was telling me about the neo-Nazi 
past of his, he says he's, he, he, don't, he no longer believes in that ideology. There's a part of me that actually is fascinated and it's like, oh, wow, in what other realm would I have an opportunity to talk to someone? I'm not one of these people. Like, for example, um, I got more hate. I, I, I posted an interview with Michael Rappaport today. I've gotten more hate in the last three hours for the interview with Rappaport than the interview with Strickland yesterday, which is absurd to me. And the reason that is, is because I'm assuming a lot of people don't like him because of the things that he says politically. And I'm assuming a lot of the people that follow me are people who don't agree with his politics. And so right away, they're like, F this guy, F this guy, F this guy. I'm not that guy. In fact, I would love to, I prefer to talk to people who are not like me, who don't come from the same place, the same background, the same ideology. And so when he was talking, when Strickland was talking about neo-Nazism, I actually was perking up because I was like, wow, I am actually legitimately fascinated in this mindset. And I want to know why he is this way, why he was this way, why he's not this way anymore. To me, the problem with media sometimes is that media just goes to people that they're alike. You know what I mean? I was talking to a colleague of mine about something or other and uh he was like oh that person in the in the media space is like oh that person is no good you know they believe in x y and z and in my opinion it's like what is that i don't care what they believe in i've never been that type of person so i thought it was fascinating i i thought it was disturbing i thought it was a little bit jarring but i didn't find it offensive because he wasn't offending me or anyone i think he was just being honest and that's who he is mm. Wow. I mean, that was that was intense. It kind of reminds me of the time uh, this when I was back at Complex and the UFC PR came to me and said, hey, do Come you want to? Well, they're not bringing you Sean Strickland. I'll tell you that much. Well, they were they were giving me uh, Kobe Covington um, at the okay. time leading up to the Usman fight. Yeah. And they wanted me to interview him. And I know. I was willing to do it, but I know the complex demographic with would hate him. So it, it was kind of like a juggling act. Like, do I do this? Do I not? I wanted to do it, but then it, for some some reason, like timing just didn't work out on both yeah, lines. Right. Timing no, didn't work out. It's true. Wait, wait, so you turned down Kobe Covington. They didn't ask me if the slot was open. No, no, no. They didn't I didn't really me. get to turn down Kobe Covington because they they kind of like on their end was like, oh yeah, sorry, like he's actually unavailable, and then. It never mm. happened. Okay. I didn't turn so you would have interviewed him? Yeah. See, I would have been hesitant. I was hesitant, but I would have done nah. it. Nah. Listen, um, I interviewed Colby a bunch of times at ESPN, and right. I'll just be honest with you. I used to get a little friction for it. I don't care. As long as you don't actually say offensive things, like if you go out there and start, you know, saying, you know, racial slurs homophobic things like, yeah, there, there's a line, you know what I mean? Like, or you can't go on there and start like making fun of someone's family and all that, calling this guy's wife or this, like, nah, I, I do have a line. Dana White might not have a line. I have a line in my little world. Right. And so I remember one time uh, we had Colby on the show and I was told that he could, so my show is live, right? I was yeah. told Colby couldn't be live. Colby had to be uh, pre-tape. I don't pre-tape anyone. So, okay, fine. Pre-tape. Then I, I, I did the interview and I walked into like a different part and someone, a, a fairly well-known person at ESPN uh, said to me, why do you have that guy on your show wearing that hat? Ooh. And I said, that's what he wants to wear. That's what like, it, it, to me, 
I can't censor the guest. I'm not, if I'm inviting you onto my show, you are who you are, you know? And uh, I look at some of the, you know, Larry King. I remember Larry King back in the day, um, the legend, like, you know, he's interviewed Yasser Arafat. I'm sure he didn't, among many other dictators, and I'm sure he didn't agree with their politics or their ideologies. But to me, a good interviewer, a good media person is someone who is able to put their biases aside and check that at the door and ask questions and then let the people decide if they like this person or not. And that's the way I've always been with my work. Well, I think that's why you have such a huge loyal fan base because you're willing to actually engage with both sides of the parties. And I, you know, I commend you for that one. Cause you know, a lot of people will feel that pressure from the corporate side saying, Hey, this is probably not a good look for the company. If you get a certain person on this platform, which I kind of felt that at Complex because at a certain point, you have to also cater to getting views. Sure. Um, I mean, maybe that's like the mindset that I'm stuck in, but um, I, I feel like you put the, the story first before the views. Is I feel like if you just do everything, I'd be lying if I didn't think of those things as well. You know, you want to book shows that people are going to watch, right. right? It hurts. Like the Rappaport thing, I'm actually blown away. You know who Michael Rappaport is, right? Of course, yeah. I think he's incredibly entertaining, and uh, and that has nice to do with his politics. Actually, one of my favorite movies growing up was a film that he was in called Higher Learning. Have you ever seen it? Uh, I remember it, but I, I can't remember like highly recommend it. And actually, would it's it's actually very relevant um, in 2021. He's in it. Ice Cube is in it. Omar Epps is in it. Busta Rhymes is in it. Tyra Banks is in it. Lawrence Fishburne is in it. Uh, directed by John Singleton. It's an incredible movie. He's a Jewish guy in real life, but he's playing a, a neo-Nazi in the film. And that's fascinating in its own right. And I always wanted to talk to him about this. And I met him recently and he came on the show. And I, I looked at the comments. I was like, I can't believe so many people are hating on this. They probably didn't even watch it. He's a funny guy. He's a character on the Stern show. And uh, to me, it just speaks to like, yeah, okay, fine. If 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 you're just gonna go after the content that you are like that that aligns with your you know mindset and ideologies, then I guess there's there's you know there's a lane for that. But I've I've never been that person, and uh, I am actually more drawn to the stuff that is different than me because that's the whole point of the interview, right? Is to learn more, is to see if there's a deeper meaning to to things, to see if uh, you know why a person is a certain way and. I can 100% understand where you're coming from with the complex thing because I got it. Like when I would send out the the rundown and it was Colby, like I got a lot of heat for it. And you know what's so funny about that? Colby doesn't like me anymore. Colby won't talk to me. Colby was doing something with, um, I think it was the Marines on Fleet Week here, here in New York. And uh, someone reached out to me like, hey, you know, Colby's doing something. He's, he's really a supporter of the Marines. His family um, served and all this stuff. Would you like to film him? And I pitched it and I was met with resistance. And I said, guys, like, you know, he's playing a character, right? There's got to be good bones in his body. He's going out there to support the Marines. Like, maybe we should show this side. Maybe we can conflict people and show this different side that he's a complex guy and he's not just, you know, playing the character. Finally, they did it. It was a great piece. He thanked me, all this stuff. I went to war for the dude at ESPN. Legit, like getting heat. And then after after the Woodley fight on my show with DC, he said some stuff about like people who support Black Lives Matter. And you know, this was September, right before the election, and it was after George Floyd. And at that point, like I just said on the show, like, man, like 
can we just take a break from all of this? Like, you know, I get the gimmick and I get you're trying to be polarizing your heel, but I don't feel like the world is in the mood for this type of trash talk. There's so much more you can say about Woodley. It just felt like a lot. Hasn't talked to me since. I was like, really? You're the heel, man. And you're going to be sensitive about things? Like, the heel can't be sensitive. The heel has to know that he's going to an elicit response. Then you come, I said, come on my show and tell me that I'm an idiot. Tell me that I'm a mark. Tell me that I fell for it. All this stuff. But no, he, he, he's mad at me now. So that's Damn. the life. Yeah. Barely, I, I don't know how this out. got, <laughs> I don't know how we got here. I don't know. But I promise, I promise if, if the viewers are watching or listening, we'll, we'll eventually get to some type of sneaker content. But this is like too good to, to just start jumping no around. So, okay. Uh, we, 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 the first question was, how much content do you consume a day? The second question is, I guess, um, how in tuned are you with, uh, I guess, hip hop culture, because you seem to get a lot of references. Oh, yeah. So when I was growing up, I was obsessed with hip hop. I was obsessed with, uh, you know, rappers and the culture and just li- like I would always listen to Hit em Up before my basketball games in high school. Damn. That was my song. I wanted to go to that place. I wanted to, you know, beat everyone up. Also, um, I would always listen to, to Wu-Tang, Triumph. Like I, I was hardcore cannabis Second round knockout. Remember that? Yeah. I do. I'm going to let the world know the truth. You don't want me to shine. You studied my rhymes. Then you laid your vocals after mine. I mean, I used to, 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 to sing that over. It was incredible. One of the all-time great diss tracks. Um, in fact, I, I've talked about this in a 30 for 30. Perhaps I was a little conflicted, but this is how fascinated I was with you know, African-American culture, hip-hop culture. In the fourth grade, I went to a private Jewish school in Montreal I would go to school, no joke, no cap, wearing a, a Malcolm X hat and a Malcolm X shirt with his face on it <laughs> as a Jewish kid That's going hilarious. to a school in Montreal. I loved the film, the Spike Lee film. I love Spike Lee. He was a Knicks fan. I was just fascinated by all of it. Biggie, Nas. Right. Um, I went to see Public Enemy in concert. And I, like, I, just, I, lo- I loved it. So, yes. Uh, now, as I'm a little bit older, you know, I'm listening to uh, you know, Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash in the morning and things like that. But as far as actual hip-hop is concerned, like all day, every day, Drake, he's my favorite. Um, I think he's my favorite of all time at this point. Like, I, I, just, I just love his work. And I have a great appreciation more so for like the 90s, early 2000s stuff as opposed to the current stuff. Okay. How'd you stumble across Island Boys? <laughs> I mean, it's just, who doesn't know? Uh, and I actually think it's Island Boy. Island so, Boy, but there's two of them. So. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I don't even know their names. I don't either. Yeah. I saw it on Twitter last two Sundays ago and I didn't, and you know, it's annoying. People are like, oh, you're late to the party. I saw it, but I didn't like interact with it. And then I saw it again a week later and I noticed there were nine and a half million views on the video on Twitter. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So then I interacted with it and then put two and two together. The UFC is in Abu Dhabi this weekend, quote unquote, fight, fight Island. And I put out the, uh, the offer to someone to, to walk out to it. I don't know if you've heard about this, but uh, come on, Ariel. I know this stuff. Don't talk to me. Like, I don't know this stuff. I know this stuff. Well, maybe the viewers won't know or the listeners, but yeah. Was this coming out before or after? Uh, I feel like it might come out after, after the fight this weekend. Come on, man. I'll, I'll try. I'll try my best to push what do you it have out. To do? You just have to cut it up and upload it. I mean, this is a one take interview right here. 
right, fine, fine. Is it right, not? We'll try to get it out tomorrow. How's that? How's no, listen, that? Listen, I mean, next week's MSG, so you probably want. Okay, by the time you're listening to us, there's a very good chance the event on Saturday, October 30th has aired, and there's a very good chance that a fighter, unless someone rats on us and lets the powers that be know that this is my idea, I feel like there's a chance that a fighter is going to walk out to Island Boy. And by the way, it might not actually be a boy, which is the most fascinating part of all of this. Okay, two follow-up questions. Yeah. Out of all the fighters on the card, who do you think actually has the highest potential of actually walking out to that song? And then the second follow-up question is, do you think the powers that be are actually watching every single move that you make? Everything. Everything. Like a hawk. Everything. And if they're not, someone's telling them. In fact, a UFC employee liked the the post when I posted it. Uh, So, I mean, it might be dead already. Now, I know for a fact that, as of right now, I know for a fact, this has come back to me, that two fighters have requested the song. Here's the thing. UFC doesn't play the same song twice on the same card. So someone's going to win. So now there's an actual battle because, for those that don't know, I said I laid out the offer to anyone competing at UFC 267. If you walk out to Island Boy, you will be immortalized on my wall in my studio, the MMA Hour Wall of Fame, which in my opinion is the most prestigious wall of fame in the sport of MMA. I mean, the UFC Hall of Fame is is an actual like staircase at the apex. I mean, I've come on. That, yeah, yeah I mean, it's not exactly the most prestigious setup of all time. So I said, I'll put you up there. I'll immortalize you. I will give you the proper respect. By the way, if no one actually follows through with it, which I think they will, if no one follows through with it, the following weekend, as you know, is in New York City, 268. Uh, I've been told that the event is happening at Madison Square Garden. I've been told that Madison Square Garden is on the island of Manhattan. It would fit there as well. But first, we have to get by 267. And I feel like uh, it's going to be a special moment. Now, watch my old friends at ESPN go to commercial when this happens, and I don't get the glory. (laughs) But someone is going to get it somehow, and it will be a great moment. So you... If they're cutting the commercials, so it's probably someone in the prelims, then, right? Because you can't cut the commercials during the main. That's right. event. Although, although it is, it is a numbered event on Plus. Oh, right. It's not a pay per view this weekend. Okay. I don't know if you know knew this, but it's a, it's a numbered event. It's oh, two sixty seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right, right. but True. it's on Plus, not Plus pay per view. It's on like regular ESPN right, Plus. Right. Um, so it's an it's an, it's an interesting time. Um. I'm trying not to make too big of a deal about it because, again, I don't want it to get kiboshed. Right, right. But uh, this is what's fun about the show. You know, the personalities. You know, again, I don't understand why they don't like me. I feel like I bring out a different side of the fighters. Uh, but alas, you know, we're doing our thing. Okay, fair enough. Oh, by the way, you know the Island Boy, uh, the Island Boys, they're yeah. actually doing cameos. I don't know if you would ever pay for one. Well, I don't know if you know this. I'm actually on Cameo, killing right. it over there. Okay. Uh, it was during it was during my two month hiatus from uh, working. They reached out to me, and I thought, you know what, I'll do this. It's it's fine. I mean, I feel like it's kind of like a D list celebrity type of thing, but whatever. Uh, I looked. I I went on their Instagram, and I swear, like I think I was on there for an hour because the whole page is like, yo yo yo, 
we're, we're doing shout outs all day. Put your ad. I'm like, what kind of, what kind of business is this? We're doing shout out. Put your tag. Put your ad. We're doing, and it's like people are, are, I guess. And then you go down and you're like, yo, this is my guy. Stop playing. Follow my guy. He's got the best sneakers in the game. I was like, holy smokes. This is unbelievable. <laughs> There's a part of me that is mesmerized, but also that feels bad for these young, young men because like the tattoo on the forehead and all this stuff, it just, that, that's that's permanent. I mean, I guess you could get it removed, but that would hurt a lot to get it removed from your face, your forehead, your cheeks. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm, I didn't know about the cameo, but I've seen the Instagram shout outs. Okay. Well, hopefully they can get some type of acting gig or something like that with, with the tattoos because it's hard to get a corporate job. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they're going to be typecast at this point. You know, like how many gigs can you have with that look? Most definitely. Okay. So I have some, some random questions about the uh, MMA hour set. No. How many bobbleheads are actually on the set? You know, that's a good question. I, I have not counted. Um, I'm very proud of the fact that some of those figurines, there's bobbleheads, there's figurines, there's all kinds of things. Right. Uh, some of them have been with me since day one, since like the AOL. So AOL used to own the show. Um, and then it was uh, it was bought by Vox Media. And then I left. And I packed my stuff and I went to Bristol. I went to the the holy land of Bristol, Connecticut, and I brought it all with me there. And then uh, March, I think, 9th of 2020 was my last time on campus. And it all sat in a box for a year and a half. Of course, I didn't know that day that I would never be going back with the pandemic and everything. Um, and then uh, when I left, uh, my producer over there was kind enough to send me all the stuff and I unpacked it and brought it all back. So uh, I would say at this point, and there's, and there's some stuff in my room here, like there's just not enough room. Um, I would say maybe around like 30, 40, 50, something like that. That's impressive. That's a it's a cool set because there's all these weird tchotchke things that I've, you know, like there's like a Fedor 7-Eleven cup from when he was fighting in Strike Force. <laughs> like I, I, every time I'd see like, interesting kind of weird memorabilia there's a brian barbarina lunchbox um just kind of weird stuff like that which i'm 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 quite proud of by the way i don't know if people notice this but obviously i have the production eye if there's the angle where you look at the the monitor when mm -hmm. you're interviewing half of that table is completely empty <laughs> I, do I don't mean? know if people would notice. like it's a big table it's a yeah. big triangle weird yeah. shaped table yeah you have your decorations in front of your laptop yeah. and the other half of the table just completely empty. Yeah. Why is that a lot bad? of real estate? Oh, you think that someone should like try to snatch that up? I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, it's just something I noticed yesterday when I was watching, I was like, Oh, there's a lot of space on that table. Yeah. You know, the reason I, I left it open in the past was because like when someone comes in studio, right. you know, you don't want it to be all cluttered. Uh, yeah. I'm supposed, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to leave it open for a sponsor. Someone could slap a freaking logo on that thing. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Well, you're ahead of the game. I, I, I need to catch up. Okay. I have shoes in there too. Do you notice? I, the shoes? I noticed that one shoe. Yeah. I just couldn't it, make it out. Cause it was, it, it's a Reebok what? pump. Uh, when they did the, um, the UFC deal early on and it's signed by Chris Weidman. Oh, okay. Okay. When wow. they were signing athletes, like very early on in the deal, I mean, the Reebok deal was just the sham of a situation, but uh, you know they were signing, and and he gave me uh, a signed pair, so it feels like a nice little relic from the past. Okay, one more follow up question to the set: What's on your laptop monitor when you're interviewing these people? Is it like a rundown of the That's show? That's a great question. 
uh honestly it's the same thing that's on my monitor right now uh slack is open and that's only because so in the history of the show dating back to 2009 i'm the only person to ever book a guest on that show i book everyone so i put i i am the producer of the show as well i put like the producers who do a great job they find out from me what we're talking about what we're doing who we're talking to they don't come to me with guests which is the traditional way right like a producer will book the guest so like i'll send them the rundown the day before from 1 to 1 30 i'm talking to this dude and then 1 30 to 2 i'm going to do this and blah 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 and uh they'll do the lower thirds and all that um and so the basically like there's there's a slack channel open where you know one of the producers is writing me like you know, uh, Yoani on Jacek is, uh, I'm just framing her up and she's right. in the waiting room. Right. Uh, she's ready to go, like stuff like that. I have Twitter open, but I try not to look at Twitter. Um, and it's like, I'm just, I'm, a, I'm an idiot. You know, the, the show is live, there are no breaks. And so I'm tweeting out like, Rico Verhoeven is on now. I shouldn't be doing this, it's too much. Someone else, I should be delegating this to someone else, for God's yeah. sakes. I'm doing it all on the fly. But so it's open for that reason. My email's open. but. I don't know if you're getting to this, like there are no questions. I write nothing down. Right. Um, no. Yeah. It's all, it's all top of mind. I mean, you, if you look at the interviews, I'm very rarely looking down ever. And the only time I'm looking down is if like they're writing me something or I will tell them like yesterday, who was it? Um, oh, I think with Strickland, we went a little long. So I was like, I'm five minutes late. And so they would have to go tell Kane Velasquez, the next guest, Ariel's five minutes late. And then, you know, so there's that. But I'm the one dictating all of this, and it's not because I think I'm some hotshot. It's just be, it's just the way it's always been. Um, and like at ESPN, they tried to take that away from me, not in a bad way. They're like, you don't have to do all this. You know, like we could book the guests for you. We could do. And I just always felt like uh, I have a better chance of reaching out. And I also think that I might like drive someone crazy if I'm reaching out and saying like, "Hey, do they respond? Do they respond? Do they respond? Do they respond?" You know, so. You, you're it. also bu- building up your personal relationships with the fighters when you do that. So, yes, exactly. uh, the Rolodex, so to speak. I mean, no one really actually has a Rolodex anymore, I would presume. But uh, yeah, you know. And then I write them afterwards. Thank you. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's it's better that way. I don't want to be that guy um, who's like, you know, sending someone else to do my dirty work. Kind of like uh, how you guys booked me on this show. I don't think you reached out to me. You had someone else reach out to me, right? Yeah, but then I, I, if I had your email, I would have, or if I had your number, I would have oh, come texted on. you directly. I but, mean, that is. But uh, maybe that's for afterwards. Uh, yeah, you had uh, Dion? Yes, DP. We call DPR. Him DP. Yeah, you had, D, you had DP reach out. Come on. I mean, he had to connect. Ooh, I didn't <laughs> do anything about it. So, all right, that's fine. Okay, so obviously this year has been monumental for you, I, I feel like you got a chance to literally host an entire event, the Jake Paul Tyrone. Oh yeah, that was fun. Uh, I would love to hear your experience about that. Like what are some, the top three takeaways you took from that experience, just hosting? Well, um, number one, it was incredibly fun. It was a dream come true. I grew up watching boxing on Showtime, on HBO, um, to be in the ring to do the post fight interviews. Like I've always wanted to do that, but unfortunately never got the opportunity. 
Um, got to be in the freaking booth next to Mauro Nalo and Al Bernstein. Like that whole weekend, I kept pinching my like, is this actually happening? First, I got to do the face-to-face stuff sitting in between them, which was so much fun. Then I got to do the weigh-ins, which was a freaking blast. And like Logan Paul is there and all that stuff. It was wild. And then I got to do the actual event on Showtime. It was nuts. I hope I, you know, I don't know. It was a one-off, but I'd love to do it again. And not just for a Jake Paul fight, like for any fight. Um you know, an MMA is different than boxing, and that has hurt me in the sense that, for whatever reason, in MMA, the promotion does the production. So, like, the UFC produces the events on ESPN. Bellator produces the events on Showtime. PFL produces the events on ESPN. I don't want to work for a promotion. I want to work for a broadcaster. Like, um, Kevin Harlan works for TNT. He doesn't work for... Well, he actually used to work for the Timberwolves. But, like, when he's doing a TNT game, like you know, the Bulls nor the Knicks are producing that game. It's just different in our sport. In boxing, it's more like traditional sports where if it's, you know, Gervonta Davis fighting on Showtime, it's Showtime producing it. And so there's actually more opportunities, hopefully in the future, to do that kind of stuff for boxing as opposed to for MMA. It would be great to do it for MMA. That's my bread and butter. But I know boxing and like fighters are fighters, you know, it's all the same. You just have to know how to talk to them. And after watching those broadcasts for so many years and saying to myself, kind of like when I got to do the NBA for ESPN and saying to myself, honestly, I feel like I could do a better job than some of these people. It was nice to finally get to do it. And I don't know if I did a better job or not, but uh, I feel like I represented, I was proud there's always things that you could do differently and do better, but it was amazing. The energy. And then at the end with Woodley and, and Jake doing their whole thing, I was like, I, in my mind, if you go watch it, I'm, you can't tell, but I'll tell you what I'm thinking. I'm like, I can't believe I'm actually in the middle of this. I've seen this crazy post-fight thing Jim after, Gray, right? and I'm in the freaking middle of it this time. It was amazing. Yeah, I, I actually remember watching you uh, do sideline reporting for the NBA, and you got to interview Chris Paul after the game and you yeah. actually got got him to say like it was a cool interaction when you mentioned something about him uh and his vegan diet or something like yeah, that man you do your research you well, know why? i mean i watch a lot of basketball that's my favorite sport yeah so. no who's your favorite team nets come on come on are you a new jersey net fan like is that why you're yeah a fan i was of? i was but i was a knicks fan but then they really sucked oh come on and then i had to jump the bandwagon and go to the uh, okay which team is more likable right now the knicks because of the energy at msg but it's not just the energy it's the cat the, the players are way more likable and i'm not even getting into the Kyrie vaccine stuff but, i'm just getting into like the makeup of the team it's a way more likable squad i i know but i I'm in Brooklyn. I just like the Nets. Does anyone even, if the Nets would have won the championship, if they win the championship, which they may, what's going to happen? Like, do they even have enough fans to have a parade? Does anyone care about the Nets? Honestly, what would they do? It would be a bunch of poser ex Nick fans who are going to act like this is some special deal. Hold on. Is the the MMA Hour studio, it's in Brooklyn, right? No, it's not. It's not. That backdrop is just fake. It does not. It's not the. You thought it was real? There's huh? a freaking there's a picture of a of a car that's not moving in the back. <laughs> oh my good! I thought it was a good window. You thought that was a window? Yeah. Wow! I shouldn't have said anything. You you probably think these books are real too. No, that I well originally <laughs> when I start first started watching, I thought it, they were real. They look pretty real. Good lighting. Yeah, they do. But uh, clearly now you you let the cat out the bag. It's not a real background. But no, it's all fake. That's I don't know how we got on the the basketball thing. Oh. 
Um, Chris Paul. Chris Paul, Oklahoma City. He comes to talk to us before the game. Usually like one or two big stars that will come to talk to the broadcasters before the game and the coaches. And so it was me, uh, Doris Burke, and Ryan Rucco. Again, talk about situations like, how the F did I end up here? I can't believe I ended up here. I felt like I want some sort of lottery, and I'm like sitting next to Doris Burke, the goat. And uh, he's talking about his new uh, plant-based diet. He's very passionate about it. And he's talking, uh, tw you know, 20 minutes about it. And, you know, like I've talked to fighters about this stuff, you know, nutrition, all that. And so, again, um, trying to do post-fight or post-fight, post-game interviews differently listen, not try to ask the same questions. Hey, tell me about, uh, you know, like I hate that stuff when they ask the same old questions. Oh, what a great performance, blah, blah, blah. And he said something about staying healthy in, uh, in the interview. And, and he like was talking about the trainers and this and that. And I said, and that plant-based diet too. And he said, shh, don't say, and you know, so we had a little moment. It was nice. It was great. I mean, those things, man, what, what, a again, I'm talking to Chris Paul, I'm talking to Kawhi Leonard in Miami after his first ever triple-double, which I still can't believe like nine years into his career, he didn't have a triple-double. I was at that game against uh, the Heat. Um, I got to do two Christmas games. Like crazy. What a life. Never, I mean, always dreamed of these things, but didn't think it would actually happen, to be honest. Well, that I'm still impressed by that. But okay, so Aria, I know we don't have much time left with you. I, I gotta I mean, get to something. Did we start the interview yet? Uh, I just thought we were shooting the breeze. Well, I mean, I'm willing to keep it going, but you have a you have you, to you get know, out of here. You know why I have to go? I'll be honest. You know why I have to go? What's that? I'll get deep. I have to talk to my therapist at 12. Really? I have, yes. I talked to a therapist ever since uh, uh, February because I have uh, really horrible anxiety. It's gotten a lot better, but like this was towards the end of my time at ESPN. And um, I was very confused. I didn't know what to do. I, I think you could probably relate to this a little bit. And uh, I just needed to figure out and I don't think I you, you like you were saying like oh you're doing this and that I don't think I end up back at the MMA hour mm -hmm. I don't think I'm doing all the other things if I didn't talk to someone if I didn't figure it out in my brain so it's just 12, 12 is 12 is, is the time that's all okay well I was gonna say I, I, I got could, all deep on you there I could be your therapist for today maybe we can just run a little bit over but no, that's I mean I pay top dollar for her oh, okay you know? never mind never mind that okay so sneaker content Complex Sneakers Podcast, shout out to my former co-workers, uh, JLP, Brendan Dunn, Matt Welty. You were on the Complex Sneakers Podcast. I was, yeah. I heard all that stuff, right? First shoe to get you into sneakers was the Ewings. Yes. I don't know what specific colorway. Also turned you into a Knicks fan. Yes. Um, give me your top five shoes in your collection right now. Okay. Also, um, the Ewings are back, by the way. And they have one... You they're not back. I mean, they're, I don't, I'm not saying back like as in they're hot, but you could actually buy Ewings. Right. Yeah. Why are you shaking your head? No, they're, they're available. Yeah. Okay. You thought I meant like back like, as in like they're a thing. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. But I still can't <laughs> figure this out. There is one pair of Ewings, like a Montreal edition. Have you seen this? No, I haven't. It's, it's crazy with like the, 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 the script is, um, or the font is like what the Expos used to have on their away jersey. And I still can't figure out why there's a Montreal version of the Ewings. Like if there ever was a shoe that spoke to me, it's the Montreal version of the Ewings where I first got the Ewings back in Montreal in like 1990. I, I don't have them. So that those would probably be my top ones if I did. I don't know why I haven't purchased them. In any event, uh, I love, so I love Nike SBs. Those are my thing. Um, I'm not a skateboarder, and I don't know if that makes me a poser. I just like the way they fit. Am I a poser if I wear SBs? 
Well, I told myself that's the rumor going around that if you can't skate, you're a poser for wearing SBs. So I taught myself how to skateboard this past summer just so that people can't say shit to me. Why? Why? Well, who cares? Well, I, yeah, no, I don't care, but I just want to have it in my resume yeah. just so that if they ever tried to test me. No, I feel you. Yeah. I like the fat tongue, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't get that with the Air Force Ones. Yeah. So so, so give me your top five. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Miss Pac-Man's. Ooh. I love the Miss Pac-Man's. Um, De La Soul. Ooh, yes. Um, uh, the Cherry Blossoms. Yes, I asked you about that on Twitter. Did you really? Yeah, that was me. Oh, wow. And you responded. I, I didn't think you were going to I thought respond. I had you blocked because of the jealousy. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> cherry Blossoms. Uh, nah, okay, now we're getting into the nitty gritty. Oh, uh, I used to have like the... Um, now, you see, I'm not good with the names and all that stuff. Like some of you, you know, I was going to say losers out there, but just like with the names and the this and that, it's like, and by the way, I'm not one of these guys who like immortalizes my shoes. Like I wear my shoes. Right. I don't keep them in boxes. My brother does that. He keeps them in boxes. He's got like a million like you behind him. I'm like, what is the point of this? Like, well, I want to wear them. It just, I need to put them in a box. I can't. Yeah, I get you. Um, there was like some uh, mosquito ones, the green and the yellow ones. It's like mosquitoes. Um, you know what I'm talking about? No, I'll Man. make sure I'll Google it afterwards. Okay, should I not? Uh, let me just see if I get mosquito Nike SB. Those were awesome. I love those. Um, yeah, these I, I was right. Mosquito? Nike Dunk SB Low Mosquito. Okay, I'll man, nine hundred and twenty-three bucks on Stock X. No, don't. Well, oh, sorry, that's should not, not a reasonable price. Flight Club nine ninety-five. Again, that's not a reasonable price. No, that's insane. Yeah. Um. Where do you go to get your shoes? It's retail or bust. Like is it really? I, yeah. If I miss out on a shoe, I miss out on a shoe. I'm not paying resale for it. No. So you don't like Flight Club? No. I, I mean, I like to look, like go yeah. window shopping, but I'm not going to pay I never go. Prices. I never go like above 200, 250, something like that. I'm never buying like a pair of shoes for like a thousand bucks. Right. Exactly. That's absurd. Yeah. Um, okay. And then the, la the last ones, I'll do the... Um, the Travis Scott, uh, not an SB, not Travis Scott, uh, Jeremy Scott. Sorry, <laughs> I said Travis Scott earlier. Travis Scott, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy Scott, the the French poodle ones, the pink poodles. Wow, you know you those? Have those, huh? I have those. Yeah, wow. those are great. Every time, like early days of my kid's birthday, uh, I would wear those, and the kids would love those. Oh, you, well, you you might as well wear it today. See if clearly that's true. Well, when she has her birthday party on Sunday, I'm gonna I'm gonna rock them. I always wear them during the birthday parties. Very nice. You know which one I'm talking about, right? Like with like the stuffed animal. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is very hard for me to picture you wearing a shoe oh, like that. I actually wore those at an event. Again, very hard for me to imagine you wearing that at an event. <laughs> I had okay. the wing ones too. You have what? The wing ones. You know the. Oh yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Those were those were a big hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually have a pair of those, but okay. We only got a couple minutes left. I want to keep you. saying that. Why you keep making me Dude, feel bad? I'm looking at the clock. The clock is ticking. <laughs> Okay, let's I'll end it with this. Just a quick segment of overrated, underrated, or fair play. I'll introduce some categories to you, and you tell me if it's overrated, underrated, or fair play. If okay. you want to elaborate on some of these, uh, that's fine. Cool. Dressing up as a Squid Game character for Halloween. So again, uh, I keep hearing people talk about Squid Game. I have no idea what that is. Wow. I have not seen a, I don't even know. I have no idea. If you put something in front of me and you're like, what is this? I wouldn't even know that it's Squid Game or freaking uh, 
you know, I don't know, American History X. Um, wow, that's a very <laughs> throwback <laughs> reference. You know why? Because Sean Strickland yeah, said that he looked up to the American History. I, I just thought yeah, of that. I got uh, that reference. <laughs> I just don't know if anybody else will get it. So I, I don't. I I think that's fine. Do you do you think that it would be overrated because everyone because it's a hot show and everyone's going to do it? Yeah, because you see all the memes, you see all this, and uh, that's like the most generic costume you can get at the moment. So I I feel like it's yeah. So I I would never overrated at this point. Yeah, I'd say overrated. Okay, uh, LeBron James acting skills in Space Jam Two. I am not a LeBron hater. I have a lot of respect for LeBron, especially what he's done for his community and whatnot. I think he gets too much hate. I think the whole LeBron MJ debate is is tired. Uh, I wanted to like Space Jam. I was excited for Space Jam. I mean, I think just if I could be as honest as possible, I thought that was a really bad movie. I mean, it was way too complicated. It was complicated for me, let alone my kids. And we were all pumped. We watched it on the first day. It came out with HBO Max and all that. And uh, it was like, guys, the first one, the, the, like it worked. Just do the same damn thing. You know what I mean? Like just get, okay, maybe he's not playing baseball this time. He's, he's going to LA or something. Like guys, it's, it should not be the, like with the, the technology and the this and that. And, you know, I thought the Michael Jordan bit was cool. It would have been nice to get the actual MJ to make it like just a brief cameo. I don't know. The whole thing was disappointing. So, uh, he was fine, but he was no MJ. In that regard, MJ was way better in Space Jam as an actor than LeBron was in the the new one. Agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not, I don't even think it was close, to be honest. So, so it was overrated. Yeah. Okay. I don't even know uh, if he was overrated because I think he got poor ratings. You, okay, so you were just disappointed in general. I was just disappointed. Yes. Okay. All right. Next one: Yeezy Foam Runners. I think the Yeezy shoes are among the ugliest shoes ever created. I do not understand the the interest in these. My dad walks around in these. I think they're absurd. My dad walks around in these. I think they're absurd. I think the um, the slides are absurd. The whole thing is absurd. I mean, they're too bulky. They don't look good. Uh, massive overrated on those. I mean, you're all a bunch of sheep if you think that these are nice. If we sent you a pair, would you wear it? Absolutely not. You wouldn't put it on display on the set? Fine. Okay. What I hear they're comfortable. Wear? What size do you wear? Uh, 12. Okay. Well. What Why, you got the hookup? Oh. You got the plug? Moving along. Uh, <laughs> CM Punk's return to wrestling on AEW. Overrated. It was tremendous. I mean, it was just incredible. It, like, can that be underrated? I guess. Like, that's the positive answer, right? It was great. It was great to see him back. It was great to see him happy. Certainly wasn't overrated because it was amazing. I loved it. Uh, AEW is on fire. I love what they're doing. Um, I think the wrestling business is on fire. It's great to see Punk back where he belongs. Um, they were the, the the show at um, at Arthur Ashe was incredible. This is great. I love this. And and you know what I loved so much about it? Like they didn't explicitly tell you that Punk was coming back, but they uh you know they wink wink nudge nudged it they started the show with it it was great it was brilliant okay give me three more i know that yeah, clock is ticking don't worry don't worry okay okay dc's texting game oh <laughs> i don't know what's worse his texting game or his tweeting game both are an absolute mess um also dc's a big facetime guy like dca we don't have to facetime every time you know like we can sometimes just like conversate you know text phone call uh but i, I love him uh, but yes, is 
it is horrible. So I guess overrated. By the way, side question. Do you, I know you do this, but I just want to hear you say it. Do you still watch your previous show? It's not my previous show. Uh, right, right. Do you watch the iteration of what morphed from your previous show? DCRC? Yes. Which, let's be honest, it should be RCDC, right? I mean, right. sounds way better. Um, ACDC, you know? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't watch it. Of course not. Why? Would I, I told you, I don't watch anything. It's content. It's not, yeah, but I mean, like... You have other people watch it and give you the summary. The, the no, I only watch good content. <laughs> I'm just joking. Much love. I love those guys. Chael DC. RC's a great guy. I never met him. Uh, that's a shout out to the PF Changs. Uh, I don't know if you got that reference, but uh, <laughs> it's all good. It's all. I, I don't watch it, but it's all because I hate them or don't support them. It's just honestly don't have time. Okay, I don't good. think that shows for me. Like, do I really need to see DC drafting like his top five most hated fighters in the UFC? I could call him up and ask him myself, for God's sakes. Okay. The, That's the a flex. Iwani is coming out for sure. That's a flex. That's a flex. Okay. All right. Ariel Hawani's flannel game. Oh, yeah. Supremely underrated. And I've been, I've been waiting. By the way, Supreme. I used to go to Supreme back in the day when no one was going to Supreme. Like, I don't want to be that hipster guy, but if I'm being honest, I mean... It'd do you remember nice. buying anything from Supreme? Of course. What do you buy? Oh, the the flannels. Oh, you, oh, so those are Supreme flannels. Yeah, yeah, not all of them. Um, oh wow! In fact, like the one I did, uh, I just remember because I just wore it. The Rappaport interview that I just posted, I'm wearing a Supreme flannel in it. Oh, one of my favorites. Street and I will be honest; they're getting a little tight on me. Because uh, I guess I've gained some weight, but... Um, that Hiwani boxing, huh? I mean, it's just like... Uh, but I used to love... I mean, I used to go to the one downtown. Um, what was that? Like Broadway or something in Soho? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, And then over time, like people are waiting outside in line. And so, like, I can't be bothered with this. Okay. Wow. Street cred just went up. Now, oh, yeah, man. I mean, let, let me tell you something. Like people like to say that I'm... You know, I used to wear Stussy back in the day. Massimo. I remember Massimo back in the day. Um, the SBs, of course. I mean, I used to have like the Jason Kidd Nikes. I had the Chris Webber Nikes. Uh, I wasn't a big Air Jordan guy, to be honest, because I hated Jordan because I was a Knicks fan. Right. Um, and unlike others, I've stayed with the Knicks over the years and didn't jump off the bandwagon. Um, but by the way, I'm not one of these people who says like, if you jumped off, you can't come back. Like you could, like you could say right now, I denounce the Nets. They're lame, and I want to come back and join the party at MSG. And I'm not. There are some people out there like, no, 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 you can't screw that. You could come back anytime you want, if you ask me. Well, the only way I'll support the the Knicks is if the Nets got eliminated from the playoff run and the Knicks were still in. Then I'll, I'll support a New York City team. That's for fine. Sure. That's fine. Okay. Fair <clears> enough. <throat> okay, Aaron Hawani's sneaker collection: overrated, underrated, or fair play. Um, oh, you know what? I didn't know there was a fair play option in all this. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would say at this point, I haven't actually bought a new pair of SBs in a while. What was the last one? I think the Della Souls. Wow, that's a while ago. Yeah. You don't get um, gifted SBs because they listen, I'm just, know you like SBs. I know. I'm just, listen, I'm just, just this guy on the side. You know, people don't want to, you know, as the kids say, fucks with me. Um <laughs> So I'll actually okay. say over, I'll say overrated. I'll say overrated at this point. I haven't kept up with it, and I'm not. I'm not cleaning my shoes. I wear them. I enjoy them, and then I move on to the next. Okay, last one for you, Ari Hawani's dance moves. Oh, 
very underrated. People think that I don't have soul, that I don't have game, all this stuff. Like, again, don't be marks. Don't fall for the gimmick. Okay. Uh, I mean, I was like the coolest kid. I, we didn't have like homecoming and all that, but like, I w- if I if I was at a school, like I'd be that guy. I'd be the homecoming king. I was that cool. Now over time, I realized, all right, I'm with these like big time fighters. They're big. They're meaty. They're beefy. All right, I'll play like the straight man, right? But that's kayfabe. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like Kevin Federline. As they say, or K that's K Fed. Oh, K Fed. Yeah, yeah. K Fabe is a wrestling term. Okay. Google that one too. Yeah, I will. I will. Damn, I thought you were talking about Britney Spears' ex. No, no, no. Okay, fair enough. Well, Ariel, uh, I definitely ran over time. Well, I mean, listen, I, I, I really appreciate say. you uh, hopping on with us. No, no, no problem. I was waiting for the Connect Four to get busted out, but we'll have to do that in person, uh, not okay. virtually. I mean, if Ariel wants to smoke, then he might get oh, to smoke. Wait, you want to smoke or the smoke? The smoke. Oh, okay. Because yesterday smoke. I revealed the last time I smoked as well, 2003. Um, that's a great story in its own right. But yes, uh, unfortunately, we're out of time. Thank you for having me. Uh, I do want to let the world know that we were supposed to do this a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't have a time limit when we did, but you actually canceled on me, so I don't feel as bad as you're trying to make me feel bad. Uh, I won't bring up the reason why you canceled, um, unless you have already brought that up. No, I got um, headbutted. Yeah, yeah, you got headbutted. It was like cool. I, I would have done it. It yeah. would have made for great conversation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you for having me. I'm a fan and hopefully we could do this in person one of these days. For sure. Ariel, I had one request though. If I know you like to say no cap from once in a while. If you can yeah. say no kizzy just hmm. one time on the show, just to remix it for, uh, for the loyal uh, I'm in. viewers. I'm in and you'll know it's an no acknowledgement. No cap, no kizzy. No kizzy. I'm in. There you go. Ari Hawani, thank you for stopping by. This is another episode of the So Savvy Podcast. We're out of here. Peace.